you know, as, as, a, as a younger person, I think whether you're really goal oriented or just trying to find your way, um, I really had to search for, again, I wasn't going to play baseball. Mm. Um, you know, family members of mine have been very successful at that. <laughs> but um, so I love to draw. And so I tried to figure out how could I, how could I continue to do that throughout my life? Mm. And, and then, you know, make, make something. Um, I didn't have to really make something in myself or, or, you know, um, um, be a big deal or anything, but I really wanted to focus on that. Dispatch. Okay, so our, oh, we're live. <laughs> Are you sure? Yep. Oh, hold on one second. All right, welcome to Race Typical, everybody. Um, while we're waiting for technical difficulties, um, we're waiting for my brother. I hope everybody's having a good week today. Um, we're really excited to have our guest here tonight, um, Rob Decker. Uh, he was the former senior vice president of ride design for Cedar Fair. And he designed over 45 coasters, which is pretty incredible. And Dan could get into more of his bio when he comes back. But a word a bit about him. He's, he's a great guy. He designs hotels, which is pretty cool. Um, he's designed many different things, um, from like Stewart Vengeance to, um, to Giga coasters, like Fury 325 at Carowinds, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then he also works on many different stuff yeah and he also works on many different stuff so yeah rob it, i met him at cedar point and we rode bow raven together and we did um he, he's, he doesn't like roller coasters so about rob so um but yeah we had fun riding on it that day and um we're just happy to have you here today rob and i'm very excited to have you here Oh, Ben, thanks so much. And Dan, nice to meet you. Uh, yeah. Ben, you're, you're a great friend. This is a big honor. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. No, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I really do appreciate it. Um, one of the questions I do have is, what what is your favorite restaurant? Like, <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, well, I'll tell you, there, there, um, there are a few friends that have restaurants that I, um, I'm going to make a few of them upset, but uh, one of one of them right now is a small city tap house in Sandusky, Ohio, Ooh. and home to Cedar Point, right? And it's right downtown. And a friend of mine came to me and said, "I'm going to start a restaurant downtown Sandusky, put 60 beers on tap, and serve Vietnamese food." So Ooh. he's Vietnamese origin, and I said, "Are you crazy? 60 beers on tap? Sandusky's <laughs> not that big of a town." Well, it's a huge success. And every time I see him, I have to say, you're right. You're a genius. I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, it's big. So um, I've actually done a lot of work with him in the past. And if ever in Sandusky, you got to go there. I, I love Sandusky. You know, I love about Cedar Point. We just moved this stuff. Um, and then Dan could get it to his question waiter because he's working on some stuff. Now, um, I, they call you Mr. Rorick, they call you real life roller coaster tycoon, which is pretty incredible. I mean, I loved playing roller coaster tycoon when I was a kid. Did you ever play roller coaster tycoon or what you ever thought of that? No, I actually didn't. I think it came out, um, 99. Well, in, well into my, yeah, well into my uh, adult life and career, but, um, you know, I think that that was a, a quote from the the New York Times, yeah. and uh, it was just a, a really kind interview. Uh, we we put out a lot of massive roller coasters right about then, and um, you know, in truth, roller coasters are put together by a thousand people. Yes, happened. You know, I just happened to um, be at the forefront of some of the ideas and different things, and then uh, we have a great team putting it together. But it's you know, it's it's about the whole system. It's about mm -hmm. the whole company and their commitment to bringing excellent experiences. As you know, Ben, working at Dorney Park. Yeah, I love working there. 
oh, roller coasters are king, but it's really the whole experience that everyone focuses on. So yeah, I and just I was just lucky enough to get caught by the New York Times, and they put that in there. But it was just great recognition for everyone that, that gets involved in these these attractions. Yeah, Rob, thank you for bearing with me once again. It seems that uh, no matter what I do, I have been given the uh, curse of something will always not work. <laughs> it's, it's actually a roller coaster uh-huh. take when the thing goes doo 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 when uh-huh. the thing goes down. Uh-huh. Fortunately, uh, unlike Roller Coaster Tycoon, we don't have uh, thousands of, of maintenance guys, of, of maintenance guys you <laughs> oh, know, uh, working for us. So it's, uh, it's just me, me and dad trucking along. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so uh, the question that Ben had mentioned that I like to ask people um, is, what's something that makes you angry? Oh, um, I think, I don't know. I, I get upset when I have to wait for things, waiting around for things mm. and um, so, you know, I, I kind of, um, you know, side with the people in the park when they're, they get upset when they have to wait too long for a ride or lines are too long or different. I get, you know, I, I get anxious when I'm sitting at a traffic light in a, in a intersection of a town I'm in, I'm not familiar with, and it seems like it's 20 minutes and it's only like three. Yeah. But, you yeah. Know, <laughs> it's only three minutes, <laughs> but you know, you just don't know and you don't know how long the line's going to be and, and, um, you know, and the inverse of that too is I don't like to be late to things. Mm, and me either. In my career, we have great friends and they would always say, let's meet for dinner. And whenever you show up, you show up. But I just don't want to be that guy that shows up and goes, I, you didn't order without me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and everyone's waiting and, and they're all very kind. But, um, you know, so I don't like to be late as well. So I yeah. kind of got it on both ends. Yeah. It's something that we were, were blessed with. Um, in theme park exploration we have never waited in lines i said it was a blessing i I think it's a fair trade uh i think ben young ben is very different from uh mature ben and uh when ben was young it was impossible to wait in lines there is no way um and so we were able to use you know the the parks passes which was such a blessing because like I said off camera, Ben really loves theme parks. I do. It's, just, it's what he loves. And so as a kid, even though he didn't want to wait in lines just because it was impossible for him to do that, he was still able right. to experience the theme parks. And so, and, yeah. and, and I love waiting lines, lines today. Mm-hmm. Like I've waited a whole hour for talent one time. Yeah. Cause I think, uh-huh. I think now, Ben, I was thinking about this actually the other day, Rob, which is interesting, but uh now ben you really enjoy the social part i think of waiting in lines yes. right because you end up talking to a lot of strangers right. <laughs> um and for me i'm not that kind of person i'm i'm not a talk to strangers kind of guy like i'm at disney and i go like hey what do you do for work oh, uh-huh. I'm a principal right Everybody come speak at your <laughs> so ben's always making connections um and yeah. so i think now you're, you're okay with waiting in lines now because you like meeting new people yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know, I think in a way that's kind of maybe the salvation of um, theme parks, you know, out of out of home entertainment mm. where it's a big social scene. Right. I mean, that's I think that's half the fun of it is just to be in a crowd with people enjoying alongside of other people like, you know, like going to an Eagles game. Right? Yeah. As long as Eagles are winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so you get to just meet people, talk to people. Time then kind of, you know, flies by. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so true. Um, so, Ben, do you have another question? Oh, yeah, I do. What is your favorite roller coaster and why? Ooh, there you go. <laughs> well, Ben, I think I can finally answer that question because when I was uh, employed by uh, Cedar Fair, um, I really couldn't have a favorite, right? Mm. I couldn't just say it's this one or that one or the other because it's kind of like, you know, choosing between your children. Who's your favorite child? Right, right. Um, but I think I've, I've been thinking about this one and, you know, recent months and I think it's gotta be fury three, two, five. Yeah. Uh, Carowinds. That and, is the uh, best coast Charlotte, North Carolina. I- yeah. And I think a lot of people would agree. It was voted again by, um, the golden ticket awards, which is, uh, um, put together by, um, uh, an amusement industry, uh, uh, periodical where people, who travel the world and, and are roller coaster enthusiasts or park owners and wow. um, media people, they all vote. And, 
and that's the number one roller steel roller coaster in the world. And second is Millennium Force hanging on, and third is Steel Vengeance. Wow! So out of the top five, I think they're as out of the top ten. Cedar Fair has five steel roller coasters. Wow! Rank. That's amazing. That's so, incredible. Yeah. Well, it's been a company that's been committed to taking everything beyond the yeah. convention and building taller, faster, more, you know, building more experiences into the park and just, you know, doing the right thing. Yeah. Putting more capacity on the rides, uh, bringing more thrill. So it's, yeah. it's yeah. they've done a, a really fantastic job with that. Yeah. I, I think it's some, uh, I, I didn't intend to talk about this, but I, I'll, but I'll, I'll bring it up anyway. Cause I think it's interesting. I'm sure you've seen the, uh, the recent news, right. With Cedar fair, uh, turning down SeaWorld. Um, yes. And and I you know I'm interested on on your take of it, but but I feel like a, a a portion of it is is they really care about the company that that yeah. they've crafted, um, and it's not so much okay let's sell it and make some money. It's we want to keep doing what we, we want to do what we want to do, um, and so I I thought it was very interesting to see that. So I'm interested, interested on your take on this uh, recent turn of events. Well, I'm not an insider. I'm no longer sure. an insider. Sure. Um, so I, I don't have any evidence and, and had no knowledge of really um, what all the discussions were. Um, but to start with, SeaWorld is a really top, top drawer organization. Yeah. Uh, and they put in four roller coasters this year. Wow. So I, I know. Think, you know, as they are starting to, to just guide, steer it a little bit away um, from uh, just to focus on sea life and, yeah. and preservation and, and all of that. Uh, bringing more experiences into the park, which people really crave, more coasters and and thrill and different things. Uh, so it's it's not that they weren't, you know, perhaps a good partner or a good merger or sure. maybe yeah. the acquisition side of it was was a little, um, uh, you know, imbalanced. Let's say sure. from a financial mm-hmm. standpoint, um, but they were a good organization. But to your point, Dan, yeah, Cedar Fairs really worked very hard and has a strong reputation in the industry. I, I joined them. I was recruited by them, but I joined mm. them because I think they're best regional theme park operators yeah. on the planet. That's yeah. amazing. They, they are very disciplined about how they go about not just the business, yeah. but how they run the business and how they operate the yeah. business, mm. which is so important. I mean, there are things in the boardroom, executive chamber, management, that can be discussed, but you have to get at the park level and carry out everything that you would hope to accomplish. Yeah, um, all the way up and down the ladder, and I think they're really good at that. Yeah, so, that's um, that's cool. Yeah, I, I and I think you know there there could be a part of that, and I don't know how much that would have weighed in. That why well, give up the ship now because right they work really hard, like everyone in the industry, yeah, and everyone in across the the spectrum of people in industry and, and retail and other places yeah all the way through COVID, covid and the coronavirus yeah and uh so revenues weren't good yeah you know? it just it is what it is yeah but they came out of it really well and i think it's probably a little too early to give up the ship after all the work they put forward in the planning yeah um to recover and uh i see a good year ahead Again, yeah and i'm not an insider i don't, I don't know anything about uh, the numbers or sure or how they're moving any anything beyond their press release um but with a good plan in place and people are are really um you know eager to get back out and experience yeah. things again socially you know uh in big groups i think they're gonna have a good year yeah i'm excited i'm excited for dorney um I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get big turnout, and I'm hoping Dorney gets a new coaster soon. Oh, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so Ben, we had a guest on uh, around Christmas time. Yeah. Okay, and she was from Philadelphia. Holly Robinson, Pete. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. And did she talk about Dorney at all? She did. Yeah. I think she said. She said, "I loved going there when I was a kid." Uh huh. And Nick was like, "I've never been there." Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if you know Holly Robertson Pete, um, but she's been in a bunch of different things, and she uh, directed and starred in a Hallmark movie um, about autism. About autism, and wow. so she was on our show. Um, and before the show, we were just kind of chatting about Philadelphia because that's where she's from. And she was like, "Is is Dorney Park still around?" And we're like, "Is it still around?" It's a, it's of course, it, like you know. Uh, right. So it was cool to to see that history there. That you know, it, you got like like you said, Cedar Fair has been around for for a while and has been operating sure. in in a lot of ways. And 
uh, many generations of of people have have experienced and uh, yeah. enjoyed Cedar Pier Parks. So. You know, I've taken Jason Kelsey to Dorney Park. Yeah, that's true. You did. Yes, and I'm hoping to take some more Eagles players sometime. <laughs> yeah, or we'll see, right? If, 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 if a celebrity, if Kevin Hart ever comes into town, I'll be like, hey, come on over to Dorney Park. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Dorney is a great park. Yeah. So, Rob, you said that uh, you were recruited by Cedar Fair. Tell us like a little about that. Like, what were you doing before, and and kind of what got you to that sure. place? Well, I, you know, it's it's a longer story, but um, I started out in architecture. I, I just love to draw. Wow. And and then it, my dad was a um, was a draftsman, and and so he worked with a manufacturing company. And on Saturdays, I would I would just sit with him at a drafting board and, and just try to draw everything that he drew. And when it came time to choose between, I don't know, I was, I would have been happy collecting garbage. I just was that kid. I, I would do anything. I really wanted to be a professional baseball player, but my batting average wasn't high enough. So when it came time to decide, I chose architecture. Um, I was fortunate to go into the University of Cincinnati and um, graduated and began in architecture and urban design. But it ended up that, um, a, a good friend came to me and he said, you know, you ought to think about theme park design because urban design and architecture, they're a lot like, you know, a theme park because 35,000 people or more show up every day. And it's just like a mini city and you have to take care of them and the process of getting them in and out. And you have to think about all the logistics and then you get to design everything. And I said, that sounds like a lousy idea. I don't think that sounds like much of a career. So um, I did that for a while, though, with um, with a company that um, ended up being called JRA in Cincinnati. And uh, they they were all the people that had formed the King's Entertainment Company parks, which are the Paramount Parks. Okay. so in the end, it's sort of like I started as a consultant with a group of people who were in the theme park business, mm. serious in the theme park business, really talented people. And then, um, and then they were working in consultancy and that's what I was doing, working with Six Flags and Universal Studios and Dollywood and wow. Ocean Parks and um, uh, Fiesta Texas and then international uh, stuff. So as a consultant, you just advised, right? You came in and you gave them your best shot at everything. And hopefully they, they took it and ran with it. But when I was recruited by Cedar Fair, it was at one of our trade shows. And, and I thought, this is, this is really, I think, more in line with what I want to do because I want to own the process. Mm. And that's exactly how it turned out. Whatever, and I knew whatever that we designed, we as a team that could be built, you know, exceptionally well by Cedar Fair and operated even better. And so I had no concerns there. But the cool thing about it is whatever you do design and they build and operate, it better be right. Because mm, you're yeah. there with them. Yeah. And you're going to hear about it if it's not. So you're going to learn a lot that way, right? And so I thought that would be a great way just to, I always wanted to learn more. Uh, I'm, I'm still a student of the industry. And I thought that's the best way to, to pursue my career is to be right in the middle of everything and just figure it out, you know, collaborate with a great group of people and, and do your best work and learn as you go. Wow. So that's how it all started. My mouth just shawled open and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> I didn't know you consulted with universal and Dollywood, you know, Anthony Esparza actually works for Paramount, uh, Paramount parks before mm -hmm. he went to uh, Hershey family entertainment. Mm-hmm. And he's fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. A, a mutual friend of of the group, um, yeah. and and yeah, it, it's like it's people like Anthony and 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 yourself, Rob, that that in in our experience make the the theme parks what they are because the uh, the brain knowledge, right, the engineering and the mathematics of design. Um, anyone with enough intentionality can probably do that. Enough time spent can probably do that. Um, but you need a creative, intentional, like caring person, I think, 
to really design good rides. Um, and people like you and Anthony Esparza come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, when we met Anthony, it was, at least when I met him, it was at Dollywood. Yeah, it was at the opening of Wild Eagle. Right, of Wild Eagle. Yeah. And um, yeah. I just remember Ben talking to him. And Ben's like, do you want to go on the ride with me? And Anthony <laughs> was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I could have met Dolly yes. Parton. Yep. So I tease uh, Ben all the time because yeah. while he was riding the ride, I met Dolly Parton. Um, oh, great. But, you know, for Ben, Anthony was more famous than Dolly Parton was. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, it, it's it's each person to their own. So we, we love see that. The, the community, I think, of, of ride development. And you know yeah, what a funny story was? Fun. We met the people who helped with the design of Wild Eagle. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, it's a secret. We know about the next ride. And I said, I know what it is. Uh, it's that one. <laughs> and they said, how'd you know? I said, everybody told me. <laughs> Oh, you got to keep secrets in that industry, though. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that was that was before no, we I, were able to really help Ben with the uh, keeper secret keeping. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I appreciate what you said, Dan, because, um, you know, I I think I've, I've always been a people person, but a bit of a nerd, too, an introvert in a ways, because sure. I, do, I do appreciate my time at a drawing board or a computer where I can just concentrate and focus and, and deliver, um, you know, what's expected. Yeah. Right, and my role. And then, um, and then you get to collaborate with people. And then I never, as a consultant, got to go to opening day. Mm. And it, it sounds silly, but you know, the, the the part about that is you always had the invitation. You know, if you did a good job, yeah. right? They, they'd love to to see you and 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 congratulate you and your portion of the work and all that. But on opening day, the people come, mm. and then the people are loving it. Or or you're going to get feedback again. Right? Yeah, right. But, but they, when they love it, it, it just makes it so much more rewarding. And then you want to be with the people and you want to hear from them and learn from them and and understand what they need and what they like. And that's more than architecture. Mm. You know, architecture, architecture, abstract structures that people occupy. Yeah. Um, and if, and if, they, if they, they put their personal effects into it and they shape it the way they want, then they make it home. Right? Yeah. But here you know you really have to just understand what people want and i think matt we met said it best one time he said you have to give people what they need and a little bit of what they want Mm, yeah and so saying they expect x and they have to deliver beyond x you know yeah and and you know what they aspire to to do with their day we just have to get Give it to them, right, Ben? Yes. Yeah. That's what Donnie's all about. It's like um going know, above and beyond and saying my pleasure. Uh Pat Snyder actually like taught that. me that. Yeah. Yes. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I love it. To Mike and, and, uh, Pat. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um I it's funny you, you say that. I'm, and I'm I'm racking my brain. It's terrible. Is it is it Tom Ford who revolutionized the uh like car manufacturing? I think that's his first name, right? Whatever his first name is, Ford. Uh, he has a quote that he says, uh, you have to do almost exactly what you said. It's, it's a mix of what people need and want. He said, if you right. only gave people what they wanted, then I would have given people faster horses. <laughs> Henry, Henry Ford. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. Our, 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 uh, our peanut gallery has been very helpful today. And you know, our grandfather was a mechanic for uh, yeah, the was. bug company. Yep. Yep. Our dad, so he's a part of that as well. Um, um, but so, yeah, I, I just resonated with that. I, I thought it was interesting that, that, you know, a very similar avenue in which it's a mixture of need and want. Um, right. Right. And, and, and being at that event helps you see all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it, it'd be easy to be disconnected. Um, and I think that same thing with Ben, right. When, when yeah. you go to a school, I just like, love connecting. Do, do you just walk away as soon as you're done your presentation? No, I just talk to the people, just make mm-hmm. people happy. You know, I mean, I make people happy at Darnie Park. Mm-hmm. You don't know how many times I've connected with families at Darnie yeah. that have special needs and autism. Yeah. And people are like, wow, this is, I've never seen anybody talking to my son. Yeah. Like, I'm, uh, most of the employees don't go like, oh, I don't know what to do. But, but somebody with me, I like going up and just talking to them. Yeah. it's it's so true i think even ben like something that i struggle with is like 
I see a situation like that, right? Where I see a kid maybe having a meltdown and I have experience with you and I think, oh, I, I know what to do or I could go help. But my first thought is, do they want me to like intervene? And then I get in my own head and I'm like, you know, should I, should I not? Should I? But you, Ben, you throw all that to the wind and you just go right in. And if they say they don't need help, you walk away. I do. But nine times out of 10, they're like, oh yeah, we'd love help. And then there was, there was a family one time that was last year and they were having a meltdown. And I said, do you need mm-hmm. the sensory room? I said, come with me. Yeah. So I took them to the sensory room. Awesome. Yeah. And so yes. it's all about that, that initiative. That ability to, to see the need and then and then yeah. charge forward. Uh, so you mentioned a bit about the drawing board, and I have a question about your uh, plethora of experience. As you said, you consulted as well. Um, I saw though it from in our research that it said you have also designed like hotels Ooh, and hotels. other <laughs> uh, structures, if you will. Um, so, what was your favorite thing to design? Oh, boy. Here we are choosing between my children again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, gosh, you know the the one thing that that stood out was was really unique and incredibly challenging. Um, Cedar Point started, you know, in Sandusky, Ohio. It's on Lake Erie, mm. and it started as a beachfront resort because, you know, in the summertime in those days, in the late 1890s and 19 early 1900s. Um, air, we didn't have air conditioning, right? So in right. the summertime, people would go to the lake to cool off. Uh-huh. And then they would rent bathing suits, as terrible as that sounds. They would <laughs> rent a bathing suit um, for like a nickel or something for the day. Dang. But then they built hotels so people could stay. And, and the second hotel is uh, the Hotel Breakers. Okay. And so it was, uh, boy, it was, you know, 100, 100 and some years old and uh had been maintained like held together um <laughs> over the years yeah but we had the opportunity to rejuvenate the beach wow and rejuvenate the hotel and it was a three-year project wow. and i don't think i've worked on something at that scale yeah that takes you know, three years and you know uh, millions and millions of dollars right. to restore wow. but so that became i think that that was more like a um a labor of love i mm. think that would be the terminology for that so it wasn't my favorite thing to do. Um, I think coasters would be more exciting or the front gate of Cedar Point, which is- That a, is beautiful. Well, yeah. Intended to be a nice welcoming statement, like a celebration of you're at the roller coaster capital of the world. Come on in. The coaster flies over top. People are screaming. Yeah. Uh, coming and going. And you're like, I'm going to ride that. I'm going to ride everything. Oh, um, go that, was, that was probably more exciting. But, but the Hotel Breakers was- it was just a pleasure to um, have the opportunity to work on it, restore the hotel. That's so cool. That is, I love that. That's awesome. I would love to go back to Cedar Point now. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'll meet you there. Yeah, there you go. We're going, we're go. going Gatekeeper instead of Valerie then this time. There you go. There okay. you go. We're still Avengers. I still owe you for Steer Vengeance. Yeah. <sighs> But I think you got a question, right, buddy? I do have a question. Actually, we have some comments on the... Well, our comments are all lovely. They're actually all saying hi to you, Ben. Oh, they're it's not all, saying hi to Rob? It's, it's, oh, it's they all, should it's all, all, all of Ben's various uh, fans <laughs> saying hi to him. Um, sure. But once, g- good shout-out, Ben. We like to shout-out the uh, the viewers. Yeah. Thank you to all of our viewers. Absolutely. So what made you... this? What was your... What was... When did you start designing? Like, what, when did you start designing... Your passion starts. So, like, your design for like coasters or hotels. When did that start? It. Yeah. Well, um, I I was in high school, and again, you know, I my dad was a draftsman, so I mean, he he taught me some pretty good techniques, and I had a little bit of drafting classes in um, like vocational uh, uh, middle school, like you know seventh eighth grade or something like that. So um, I I was drawing houses for contractors when I was a junior in high school. Wow. Why? And, you know, so I wasn't, I wasn't say I would, was designing. I wasn't coming up with a house. Sure. Sure. But they but... would, they would show me uh, plan book houses that they would say, my client wants something like this, but a little bit more like that and put the garage over there or whatever. Wow. And then I would draw it and, and give it to them. And it was enough, you know, for them to, to make uh, heads or tails of it. And, be able to build it. And so when I enrolled um, University of Cincinnati in architecture school, which was ranked third in the nation at the time and still one of the top schools in the country. Yeah. Um, 
I was in a little over my head getting into that university. <laughs> I mean, I could draw, you know, I could draw and I, I could understand, of course, three dimension and visualize and being able to put something together. Um, but architectural design was just so much more intense and, and that was really hard. So at that point I drew all the time, mm. I mean, constantly. And then when I was in school, I was still drawing for contractors and even out of school and in my first job, um, I'd work all hours and then I would moonlight and, and wow. design the things on the side. So um, I always had sort of a passion for residential design. It's, um, it's rewarding because you're working with, with people, but at the same time, I don't know that I could ever make a living on that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so I draw all the time. And, um, you know, curiosity for me younger in my career, because you're just trying to learn more. You're trying to, yeah. I guess, make a mark or, mm -hmm. or be a better architect all the time. And then you don't ever really reach a level where you just flatten out and plateau. But I always thought by the time I'm 40, I'm going to finally understand the business and be able to just love what I'm doing and maybe not work so hard at it. And that never happened. I, I continue to have to work really hard at it, but I really appreciated all the experiences I had in, mm. in my twenties and thirties getting to that point. Wow. And then that's about the time when I got the job at Cedar fair. And I, I went in with a lot of confidence. I had, yeah. at that point seen a lot of things I've made mistakes, right. That, you know, I, I didn't want to repeat and I, you know, didn't want to fall into those traps. So. Yeah. Um, so I just drew all the time. Um, and, uh, it's, it's something I still do today. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Dan does painting. Yeah, I do. I do. I, uh, I've always enjoyed art. I, I don't think I've put the time in. So my, my issue and my, my family would yell at me for saying, I, I don't like how my art's not good enough. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I would be hard pressed to find an artist that says their art is good enough. Um, <laughs> and I understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure it's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. The um, one they designed that, that little thing in the beginning, it says starting soon. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always doing different things and, and I've, I've got, I think a, a better passion for graphic design, um, partly for the mistake making, um, any mistake can just be moved and adjusted and there's a lot more freedom. <laughs> Whereas when you put oil on a canvas, you know, that's pretty much where it's going to stay. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. and so I, I like the graphic piece of it for mm -hmm. sure. Um, but something that I was going to say is Ben, when you work on your presentation, yeah. right. That's something that, that you struggle with is that practice. And piece. sometimes you have to do the things that are hard in order to do the things that we love. Uh huh. Um, so I'm always right. telling Ben that that repetition is key, uh, because it gives you confidence later on. And I think, I think your story is a very good example of that where yeah. you had that repetition where from, you know, junior in high school, all the way till now you were designing. Um, and, and that led you to have the confidence, um, you know, in the job you ultimately really love to do. Um, and so I think Ben, that's some good advice for you yeah, um, to keep working and practicing. Yes. Yeah, and you I'm hoping one day maybe Rob can hear me come speak. If I can come speak at, in, in Ohio, yeah. if I'm ever out there, I'd love to have you come and hear me speak. Oh yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. That'd be great. We, we make sure that happen we for sure. do that. Yeah. Uh, we've got a, a question here, Ben, from mom. Oh, mom. <laughs> uh, she said, when did technology make the drawing and designing a different like avenue? So like, how, how did that, the technology change affect that? Oh my gosh. Uh, quite a bit. I mean, it, it just grew out from under our feet and mm. so rapidly. Um, and now before my time, but one of the big achievements of Cedar Point was the building of the Magnum XL 200. Yes. <laughs> By Aero, Aerodynamics was the uh, coaster designer. And uh, as the story goes, um, uh, you know, it started out 170 feet and and um, Dick Kinzel, Mr. Kinzel, the, the CEO, president, the time he took it to the board of directors and, and someone said, well, why don't you put a two in front of that? And that number and it would be sexier from a marketing standpoint and so we went back to the engineers and they they figured it out how to build a roller coaster over 200 feet tall Dang. in the late 80s so technology at the time 
Anyone? Anyone? Commodore 64? Anybody? <laughs> Commodore 64? Yeah, Dad's waving in the back. Yep. Six, oh, there you go, Dad. <laughs> Commodore 64. I mean, my calculators in the 90s were more powerful, but the Commodore 64 ran ran the um, basically the, the profile, the ride profile. Dang. And we had to run in that through a program in the computer. But it was it wasn't powerful enough. So they had to break the whole roller coaster um, track into thirds, you know, in a computer model uh, to be able to run it overnight. Mm -hmm. And then the next night, if it ran and went all the way through the programming, then the next night they'd do the second part. And then the third part, it took three days today, uh, about 30 minutes would run that same profile. Wow. And, you know, but, but I think beyond that, um, roller coaster design had always been like an iterative process, you know, because of this cause and effect, because the lift hill and, and how much um, inertia and energy you're going to give it, it's going to result in X. And then you figure out what's down the path, step by step by step by step. And the, and the goal was to get the roller coaster to come back to the station, right? Yes. Mm, yeah, right. Safely for, right. Safety for sure. But uh, you had to design the profile, of the track at such um, a declining rate so that, you know, not only would you build the excitement in, but it actually worked. Mm. Now you can just program in the parameters that you would like that coaster car to do as you go along. And it doesn't, it doesn't That's invent crazy. itself, but wild, pretty close. Dang. You will know in real time if you're on target or if you need to tweak and then you can go back. And like you said, with graphic design, you can go back and you can just cut out this section and say barrel roll or you know, we're going to do a horseshoe or something in there. And what will that do to to my ride? So wild, wild. I mean, it's just so much faster and so slicker. I'd, I'd say the process is is the same, but the mechanics of the process are incredibly different than they were just 30 40 years ago yeah that's crazy yeah that's, sorry i'm just blown away yeah that is wild that's so cool um I, there, there's a story that floats around in our house from time to time um and i won't do it justice uh, our dad would do a better job telling it but when he was in college i believe um there was uh punch card systems and that's how code operated on punch cards and uh he says that one time he's walking across campus and he saw a guy running and he dropped his whole box of punch cards and they're, they're ordered specifically. And so at that point, you know, there, there's no way to know which one's one and which one's seven. And, uh, my dad's like, I've never seen a a grown man more, more distraught. (laughs) I I was close to that. And that's called Fortran by the way. Yeah. Okay. There you go. that, That is my generation. And that was, that was out. Um, I had to be very careful about the indexing and the order of those cards because mm. I knew if I had I dropped them and I don't think I quite dropped them, but I would run my cards through and it wouldn't work. I'm like, I must have. I mean, oh, card 32 is missing. I yeah. Don't <laughs> oh, my God. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Oh, terrible. my gosh. Um, Dan, we, we have actually a question. Another question from a, a viewer. OK, go ahead. Uh, Martin asked, what was more complicated design, wooden or steel coasters? I don't know if you have uh, experience with both or not. William Martin? Who? Martin yeah. McLeod. Oh, Martin. Hey, I think I know him. <laughs> They're really uh, two different animals. And let's, I mean, let's let's back up um, a step. The people that are really designing these coasters are, are the engineers, and they're going through all the finite loads and, and programming and, and everything. And, you know, when you design uh, the ride path, um, it can be similar. Now, the limitations on, on wood versus steel are, are you know, well known. Mm. Um, and then I think, but that's, that's the beauty of it. You know, the, the wood coaster, whether it's hugging the terrain or um, is, a, is a racer coaster, like an out and back, um, that type of a coaster or something, it is what it is, and um, the hybrid coaster now is sort of changing the whole the whole dynamic of that. But easier, I don't know. I don't know that there's really an answer for that. There is um, a passion about sure. historic roller coasters, 
And like Dorney Park's a great example of that. Yeah. And some of the coasters that were, were lost because they just couldn't survive the elements mm. over time. And there are um, people that I know are just trying their best to recreate those those classic coasters, yeah. the cyclone coasters and different things, because there's such a love for that that type of an experience. Um, what I've what I have seen is that going back to that earlier conversation, um, the technology of designing around steel is a lot more forgiving. Mm. You know, um, there's sometimes a roller coaster company will have a backbone like a big box beam underneath, sure. and that can span so much further than anything you could do in wood, which is traditionally bent, 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 ten feet apart. You know, throughout right. the whole throughout the whole course so it's there's a lot more flexibility in steel and that's that's i think the more obvious answer sure um and then fewer columns and what i've what i've seen coaster engineers and and designers do um more and more is try to give you an efficient build in other words um not so many columns i would always start out by saying we don't need a whole lot of columns here <laughs> yeah okay. sure so that means more beam, you know, mm. to span. Mm. And so they could they could sort of reverse the engineering in a way that here's the road ride profile that we think you're going to like and we can tweak it and we can make it more exciting and taller, faster, uh, more inversions, whatever. But, um, you know, in the end, they have to figure out how to get that to deliver without, um, you know, us, us having to build so many foundations and mm. almost filling the park, you know, a structure, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, big open lacy coasters like Fury 325 um, is a good example. Monstrous coaster, very few columns. Yeah. And a brilliant profile. Just wow. a brilliant profile. Wow. Um, go ahead, man. I was going to say, guess how many amusement parks we've been to. How many do you think, Rob? How many yeah. have you been to? Yeah. I have no idea. Have you been a couple dozen? How many amusement parks have you been to before I give you my answer? Oh, gosh, Ben. I have no idea. Um, I don't know, maybe 50? Mm, there you go. Oh, you beat me. <laughs> I, I've been to 32. There you go, 32. I don't know. And Ben's, Ben's yeah. in the numbers, man. Because if you had asked me, Rob, I'd say uh, seven. <laughs> yeah. We've been well, to Chicago Lake. It's odd and, and kind of sad in a way because as the consultant, I, I would go to a lot of places because yeah. I have to. That's where the work is. And then uh, with the corporate team, I went to all of our parks. Yeah. And on occasion, we would get a group together that would, would go visit friends in the industry and go to other parks. But, um, you know, as the work got busier, that was kind of the rare occasion. So I kind of missed that part of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. So Ben, you want to talk about the the park that we got to go to? Yeah. So we went to <laughs> so Cedar Fair was part of G. Do you remember Geago Lake? I sure do. Yeah. So yes. me and my we went there in two thousand and six. Mm -hmm. That was the okay. one rare park we've been to before it closed. Yeah. Ben, ben said before the show, he's like, "We got to talk about. It. We got to talk about. It. We we went there yeah, before sure. it closed." <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So um, Geago Lake was uh, was fun time park right before. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it was set right next to SeaWorld. SeaWorld mm -hmm. and Six Five. Yeah. Right. Right. And SeaWorld um, is mostly in South, right? It's uh, Southern Parks. Yeah. And, um, so when SeaWorld um, pulled out, and then in the year 2000, Six Flags was combining Jogga Lake Fun Time um, and SeaWorld into uh, a world of adventure. Mm. And. Um, the commercials for that were fantastic. Yeah. Just, you know, whales popping up, da, 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 great grand orchestra, I love roller it. coasters. It was like everything you would ever want and, and every dream of, of a park. But, um, you know, in the end, it was a big investment and yeah. uh, the, the area just couldn't sustain it. And by the way, I mean, Cedar Point had Millennium Force already in design and under production. Mm -hmm. Or the year 2000 and then king's island at the southern part of ohio oh right with Geauga lake near cleveland sandusky just lateral to it an hour away and then down three hours was king's island three and a half hours um they had son of beast come out that year oh okay so ohio was kicking on all cylinders that year, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> year 2000 yeah so yeah um sadly when 
you know, and I guess fortunately Cedar Fair was able to uh, purchase it from Six Flags, but um, it just didn't make it um, yeah. uh, financially. And it's, and it's sad because for the, the whole Cleveland area, I know that um, my wife, um, she would go to Java Lake every year many times. And then um, if it was a good year, they would go to Cedar Point, you know, yeah. once. The point was kind of like the big ticket park, but everyone went to Jogger Lake and loved it. It was a great park. Yeah. yeah. Really great park. I remember the 25 cent cotton candy. Oh, yeah. okay. There you go. <laughs> See? <laughs> oh, that's good. We still have that picture. Remember that? I do. I do remember that picture. Yes. I do remember that. Yeah. That, that was fun. Did um, you have a favorite ride there, Ben? Did you ride anything? I rode the um, minor rate. No, not minor. Uh, head spin. Thunder Hawk. Yeah, head spin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thunderhawk was there, and then they used to call Minor Racer. I remember the villain, the wooden coaster there. Okay, um, I sure. remember you were crying at the end. Like <laughs> I probably was. <laughs> I didn't want to that go on X Fight, and Dad said, "You better go on, or you're or taking you home." <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. So I was like, "All right, I'll go on." So I was afraid of you liked it. Coasters. Yeah, yeah. But did you know uh, the ride possessed used to be at Geauga Lake? Really? Yes. Okay. Where's right. it now? It's at Dorney. Okay. Okay. So then they, they just like went and a couple guys picked it up and carried <laughs> it over. Like right? <laughs> yeah, just a couple trucks, just a couple dudes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy to think about moving a coaster from one place to another, but I guess it's got to happen. Yeah. Well, it is. And that, you know, again, um, not the way anyone had hoped that sure. it would turn out, but um, Cedar Fair just tried to utilize. Uh, you know any of the rides to bring them back to life in other places yeah and so that was a big that was a big job for um all of the cedar fair guys and maintenance to to get all those those rides back in in commission yeah for sure uh so rob something i like to ask all our guests and it's something that i struggle with uh consistently is Mm -hmm. i feel like no matter what job you do even if it's a job you love there's always at least something that you don't like about the job that you're doing how how did you manage the pieces that you didn't enjoy as much? Um, I think I put the most effort into those. Sure. Um, and kind of like what Ben said earlier is, you know, you really got to charge ahead on on the things until you can, you know, find find a way to to get it done and execute. Mm. And um, I'm really great at starting things. Sure. I, you know, finishing not so smart, <laughs> you know. Uh like to get the ideas going and everything, but I used to have um something that we just kind of made up, and that was uh, you know, we really need to make up our minds on what we're going to do. And you know, part of my job was to to um work with the executive team mm. to understand what the market needs, et cetera, come up with product experiences, et cetera, work across all all spectrums of of the business. And then say, um, I recommend this or someone else would recommend it. And then we'd adopt it. But we had to get moving on that project. And so we put 5% of our time into the what it is and 95% into the execution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because if we put, let's say the imbalance of that would be, let's, 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 let's say we're going to put more time into what it is and perfect it and make it just beautiful and perfect and paint it, you know, into wonderful pictures. Yeah. And then, um, you know, half the time's gone. Yeah. Right? Um, so, you know, that that was my challenge was to try to be very efficient up front and then execute on the back end because I'm lousy at that. I sure. would I'd probably tweak it, you know, right up until the end. And that's kind of like a Broadway show production. You know, mm-hmm. everything's just running going like crazy <laughs> until the curtain rises yeah. and then you're on and you have like to go the opera. <laughs> start kicking your legs, turn on the lights, parties you know, going to happen. So, um, I would have, I would have really struggled had I been, um, not trying to be so, uh, aggressive and pushy, um, you know, with my team about get it done, get mm. it done. Let's get it down on paper. Let's get it, you know, a good handoff, good, clean handoff and let, uh, the rest of the professional team run with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's I wanted more time. I mean, that I, I maybe didn't answer your question, Dan, but I think I wanted more time, but I didn't have it. <laughs> hey, no, no, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, no, it's something that, that I, I think is important to ask just because each person I feel like handles those kind of situations differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I'm very similar to you, Rob, in that same way. Like I have, um, a, like a lot of passions and as soon as I have a new passion, I'm all about it. 
And then like I'm like, oh, okay, I did that for a little bit. Now I'm on to the next thing, you know. And so that that startup, <laughs> right. I have that startup runway. Um, yeah. And then you know, you, you, you uh, I, I relate to that strongly. So, yeah. Um, Ben, do you have a question? We have a couple more comments. Yeah, there's a couple comments coming in. People are, are talking about the rides and uh, rides I like to go to. Someone said they love Disney. Um, lots of just kind comments. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Shout out to our fans. Yeah. I actually have a I actually have a great question. What what do you like about downtown Sandusky? Oh, there you go. That is a great question. Um, I I've been in Sandusky for a little over 20 years now. And when we first moved in town, my kids were young, I think three and four. And um, it was, it's a great little town, but I grew up in a little town and I mm. wasn't so excited to go back to a town that, that kind of size. However, it is on Lake Erie and it's in a bay off of Lake Erie, which means that um, there are a lot of marinas around mm. and I didn't own a boat boat i was always working <laughs> so i didn't have time for a boat but anyway um the best thing i think about sandusky is it has such a beautiful uh setting on the lake and if you're going to be a boat owner the best thing about a boat is you have a place to go there's seven islands just off of the coast wow and, and the people will go and take their family or one uh one area has a lot more restaurants and bars and different things to do so wow. that is a core right? That's the core for entertainment. There's Cedar Point, there's the beauty of the lake, fishing, natural resources. So it has that as a base. But Sandusky has grown up so much in the last 20 years. Um, I can re I could, I could probably list on my, on my hand, uh, the number of restaurants we would go to in town, only maybe like five. And then we would go into Cleveland if we wanted to have, you know, more of a, sure. um, you know, romantic dinner, you know, yeah, yeah. or something. Now people in Cleveland come to Sandusky because there's so many great restaurants uh, and things to do. Uh, there's great leadership in the city. Uh, we've collaborated with the city, Cedar Point and Cedar Fair, um, on projects like uh, an outdoor athletic uh, fields Ooh, uh, run wow. by Sports Force, Cedar basketball. Point Fields, and then a large indoor uh, center as well. So and so cool. amateur sports and young athletes traveling with their families would come to Sandusky and then get tickets to go to Cedar Point, you know, on the same trip. Wow. And you talk about a dream trip for a yeah. kid to be able to play on professional AstroTurf or in a beautiful um, arena and then, you know, get to enjoy Cedar Point. So in the 20 years that I've been there, it has really grown up and it is spectacular. Man, that's really amazing. What do, you, that. what do you see about Cedar Fair that, Cedar Fair, do you think the company's going to grow more and more? What do you see yes. about them in the next couple of years? I, I think that what, what's happened with Cedar Fair over the years is they have gone to great depths to do consumer research mm. and understand their markets. Mm. And uh, I mean, really, really in depth. And it's been really beneficial. And I wouldn't say that anyone was just throwing, you know, darts at a wall to say, we're going to do this this year and, and whatever. It was always based in, mm. in a solid foundation of what we should do. Um, but the understanding of those markets has led to a lot of really great things like the festival events they're, they're hosting now mm. are extremely popular. And then Halloween events through yeah. the fall, amazing. Yeah. And now into the holiday events over, um, you know, Thanksgiving through December, are wildly popular. And I think what, where they're headed is it's really, and, and they'll say it in their marketing, it's the place to be. And instead of just a place to ride, or this is where you go to ride a roller coaster. Mm. This is where you go to hang out. This is where you go to meet your friends. Yeah. This is where you're going to take family from out of town when they come in Yeah. because you go there. And I remember one time I was walking through Knott's Berry Farm with, with Matt, we met. And, and he was a master at this. He would just walk up to a group and he would say, hey, where are you guys from? What are you doing? And uh, it was two couples. And uh, I'll make this short. But in, in a, at the end of it, they said, um, well, my, you know, this is my sister. She's, she's in town. And so we wanted to go to a couple of parks. We went to Disney yesterday. And then we came to Knott's Berry Farm wow. today. And he said, well, well, well how, how's your day going? They said, it's really great. I mean, Disney was great. We had to do that, right? Because the kids are young and... Disney's a rite of passage. Sure. Um, it should 
should get to go to Disney. They said Knott's is really cool because um, it's very laid back. They're having a lot of fun, but it's not as hustle, 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 you know, ride to ride or attraction yeah. to attraction. Everyone's doing what they want, when they want, great food, great fun, yeah. uh, great entertainment. And they were just having a blast. And I think that is really the Cedar Fair way of doing things now is to try to understand um, that it has to be a great social experience to begin with. Yeah. Immersive is immersive is wherever it's headed yeah. you know, to get people engaged in the experience, which uh, they're very successful at. But um, it's not just a, a place with a bunch of, you know, things that I have to do 12 things before I get my money's worth. Now it's, it's your money's worth when you walk in the door. Mm. That's, yeah. that's, that's very that's amazing. That's very cool. You know, that. we drove cross country one time. We've been to Knott's Berry Forum. Yeah. 2004. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, great. Yes. Yeah, so that was one. We, we drove cross country twice. Yeah. Um, and the first one, Ben was very young. I think that was a harder one. I said, what the hotel? Can we stop there? Because <laughs> Ben did not like the long uh, stents in the car. Oh, uh, right, right. But uh, they, they were great family experiences. Um, yeah. And it's actually, it's a good tie-in. I've, I've got one last question, and then we always uh, end our show the same way. But I wanted to ask you, I know your your job. It was like so so much work, and there's a lot of like I'm sure in office and and travel. And so now that you're retired, uh, what what do you end up spending most of your time doing now? Vacation. Oh, that's that's a great <laughs> question. Um, you know, I and I've been thinking about that a lot. A lot of introspective because I have a sure. lot of time now. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I've had friends that um, have retired about the same time as me, and and they have it all planned out. Mm. You know? Uh, they golf or they boat and they like to travel or, or whatever. Uh, well, uh, we, we were able to build a house in uh, South Carolina. And um, so I love it down there. The, the weather is much nicer, which, which helps with me. And, and so I like working on um, houses. We've always renovated our houses. We built this one new. Mm. Um, someone designed it. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love we it. had it built. But um, it's right on the coast. So um, I'm kind of like keeping up with the maintenance of it. And I'm just working on little projects. I love it. And so every week we we just talk and say, what do you want to work on this week? And we figure out a project and we figure it out. So I like to work with my hands. I yeah. like to build things. We build all our own shelves. And now we built, we're building a bit of furniture here and there. I love that. Um, and so I went from... I was thinking about, I went from development to maintenance and now I'm <laughs> in maintenance mode just to try to keep everything moving. I'm not sure I'm very good at it, but, uh, I do love it. And, um, and I, I have just a ton of tools from my family. So that's amazing. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. Um, so we, we like to end our show in, in the same way and I'm, I'm actually, I'm changing it a bit, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep it to the heart of the show as well. So the, the way we always end it is we like to give the last couple of minutes to our guests to just talk about whatever they feel like they didn't get to talk about or whatever's on their mind. And I, I like to keep that open because, I you know, it's really whatever you're thinking about. Um, but I'm adding a little caveat as well. Oh. Um, if, if you could give a piece of advice to young you, oh. what would that piece of advice be? Like um, oh, thanks, Ben. I love that. <laughs> That's um, a good one. And then the floor is yours after that. Well, well, I, I, I think I, I touched on this earlier, but not, um, not maybe fully. Um, you know, as as a as a younger person, I think whether you're really goal oriented or just trying to find your way, um, I really had to search for. Again, I wasn't going to play baseball. Mm. Um, you know, family members of mine have been very successful at that, <laughs> but um, so I love to draw. And so I tried to figure out how could I, how could I continue to do that throughout my life? Mm. And, and then, you know, make, make something. Um, I didn't have to really make something in myself or, or, you know, um, um, be a big deal or anything, but I really wanted to focus on that. And, um, and friends of mine, uh, today, uh, and we joke about this all the time. They say, Rob, you're the luckiest guy we know. <laughs> And you're just so lucky, and, you know, <laughs> and I, and we just laugh about it and I, I laugh it off, but, um, 
Yeah, the, the one thing that I reflected on um, was I just, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. Mm. I wasn't sure how to get there, but I knew if I just started heading in a direction as hard as I could, yeah. maybe one day I would finally get there. So I just always worked. Yeah. And I always found that if you, if you work really hard, you know, the odds are going to be in your favor mm. and things will start to break your way. Mm. And I think there's a saying, um, you know, when things go your way. And I would always say to uh, a young Rob or a young person, make sure they go your way. Mm. Set yourself up to succeed. Yeah. Don't hope to succeed. Yeah. I mean, if you really want it, collaborate with people and find people that you trust and learn from them. Yeah. And that's that's one thing I may not have done early enough. I always had a mentor that I would find in the office or you yeah. know, a leader that I looked up to and I would talk with them, but I was shy. And, and I really, um, I never really spoke in public. Um, and I, you know, really never reached out to people, um, like Ben does. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and Ben, I could never stand in an auditorium full of people and, and talk to them Yeah, me neither. at your age. No. There is no way I could ever, ever do that. It took, it took many years for me to have the confidence and the courage to do anything close to that. But I, I did find out partway through my career that um, the collaboration and um, the trust in your colleagues is the key. Mm. And when I, when I would work with the team, um, it couldn't be me. And it was never just me. They would always surprise me. Mm. They would always come up with great ideas. And, you know, the next week they had so much um, progress on the drawings. And I was wow. just always really impressed. And I thought, why didn't I start this sooner? I could have worked a, whole, <laughs> a lot less if I had just, but as a young person, you think it's all on you. It's all on your shoulders and it's not. Mm. I mean, form a good team, be a good collaborative partner, listen, learn from people. If you can help them, help them. Mm. I, that's what I try to do now is help people. Um, but they're going to help you a lot more, I think. In wow. the end. Yeah. That's amazing. That's that amazing. is amazing. Uh, Rob, thank you so much. Absolutely. We, we loved Rob. having you on the show. It's been amazing chatting with you. Um, and uh, I am glad that uh, we have a connection. Um, and you are a very genuine person. So thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you. And uh, gosh, guys, I got to run into you soon, Ben. Keep me, keep in touch. Yeah, I will. I will. If sure. I'm ever in Ohio, right. if I'm ever speaking out there, I'm going to let you know. You oh, yeah, come. for sure. That's fantastic. I can't wait. I love you it. You guys are amazing. This has been an honor. Thank you thank very you. much. Thank you, Rob. Thank, thank you so you. much. Okay. Have a good Take one, care. all right? Thank you. Uh, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Uh, oh, okay. Um, great. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. Uh, it was a great show. It was. Rob. It was. I, he's such a cool guy. He is such a great guy. Um, just I very, really, very genuine person. He he seems like outgoing. I mean, mm -hmm. you. I mean, I mean, it's it's something that he talked about. Um, was you know he joked about with his friends. He got really lucky. And I think the the thing that he maybe he didn't say, but but he was feeling was he really put the time and the work in. Yeah. And I've talked to to dad and mom about this, but a lot of people will see someone at the end of a journey and will say, "Wow, that person was really lucky. They they got all the lucky breaks they could have." Um, and most of the time, those people really just worked crazy hard, and and we don't see all that. Like we no. don't see how hard those people work because and that's what our show is about. Is right. about. It's about showing those, Raise, those raising the bars and yeah, climbing that ladder. If you see our new drawing up there, shout out to the artist and Dan. Thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, so you're right, Ben. That, I mean, that's that's ultimately what our show is about. It's about showcasing people who have um, who have mm -hmm. accomplished things and how they got there. Yeah. Um, and so we hope you enjoy the show. We have a big um, announcement. We actually have two. Yeah. things I want to sure. Uh, sure, that's fine. Okay, uh, real quick, Wee Steinberg is actually going to be coming on mm -hmm. next week. We had an interview him today, yeah. but he's going to yep. be on. We we had we've recorded next week, so tune in for that one. Um, yep. we had a great conversation with him. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, it's a shorter episode, um, but he was gracious enough and gave us some of his time. Um, he is a NFL uh, agent. NFL agent who has worked with over three hundred uh, professional sports players. 
uh, many first round draft picks um, and just had managed their contracts and uh, very, very genuine guy as well. Um, so we chatted with him today. We have that recorded. Um, so we'll do a, a similar kind of brief show next and, week. And mm-hmm. um, April is Autism Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And I'm encouraging everybody to wear brew on yep. World Autism Day, which is April 2nd. Yep. Um, join me and join Better G1 presentations as we write it up brew. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should, I should say. <laughs> We're just wear blue. Just wear brew. So yeah, the... wear brew. Hashtag wear brew. Yeah, sure. However, however you want to say it. Um, light it up apparently is uh, belongs to different organization, which is fine. <laughs> um, but we're Ben is encouraging people to wear blue. Um, yeah, and we say wear blue on April two. Oh, I like that hashtag wear blue on April two. Like hey, there that. you go. And actually, we have a bigger announcement. We're oh. gonna be starting doing video games. Oh yeah. So uh, something that me and Ben have talked about is doing a little more of a casual type show. Um, so we're not quite sure exactly when that will start. Yeah. Um, we'll keep you posted on all that. Yeah. But most likely we're thinking the opposite Tuesdays. So the show has always been the second and the fourth. And maybe the first and the third Tuesday will be uh, games. So be way more casual. Um, we can play some board games. Yeah, play board games. We'll play video games. Um, just I gonna, can play Roller Coaster Tycoon. One yeah, night. you'll get you'll get a glimpse of uh, me and Ben just having fun, or me getting stressed, or Ben getting stressed, depending on whatever game we play. Um, but thank you everybody for watching. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and we will see you on the next show. Yeah, we're excited.